Welcome to Hot Copy Radio Theater. You are about to hear a cast of very talented voice performers recreate a long-lost episode of Hot Copy, an exciting audio drama about the wild adventures of a young woman newspaper reporter, which was broadcast on the NBC radio network between 1941 and 1944. This recreation is adapted from the original script. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. It's time for Hot Copy, the vivid drama behind the paragraphs of a daily newspaper column. Hot Copy is the absorbing story of a young newspaper woman, Ann Rogers, a clever, attractive girl with a nationally syndicated column, Second Glance, in which she uncovers many events which other, less courageous reporters would be afraid to touch. Her stories, in the words of her adventurous profession, are always Hot Copy. Now, listen to this new and exciting episode, in which she again seeks hot copy in today's story. Heavy. Heavy. Adapted from the original script, as broadcast on radio, Sunday, April 2nd, 1944. Hello? Apex Detective Agency? This is Mr. Van Argyle calling. Yes, that's right. Mr. Claude Van Argyle. We're having a little reception at my place tonight. My daughter is being married tomorrow, and... Oh, you've read about it. Good. Well, there will be a number of extremely valuable gifts on display, including the Imperial Pendant. You've heard of it? Yes, of course. I am... I've never had any need to use your services before, but I'd like you to send someone out. You will? Yourself? Fine. And your name is... Howard? Very well, Mr. Howard. I'll be expecting you. The address is 5 West Park Manor, and... Oh, yes. This will be a formal affair. White tie and so forth. That's right. White tie. Sprightly. There's our cab. Hurry up. Yes, yes, I hear it. Now, where did I leave my evening bag? Oh, there it is. Annie, come on. Golly Moses, you're slower than molasses in January. And you're as jittery as a bowl of jello. <laughs> now, stop fidgeting and tell me how I look. Absolutely gorgeous, as usual. Now, please. All right, all right, darling. Just let me check if I've got everything. Money, lipstick, handkerchief. And, by the way, Sprightly, even though you didn't ask me how you look, I'm going to tell you my opinion. That dress has more kick than a quart of hot sauce. <laughs> Keep your shirt on. 
We're coming. Annie, please, hurry up. I'm all set. I just need to turn off the lights. All right, let's go. I don't know why you have to be so doggone methodical about everything. And I don't know why you're so excited over a simple little party. A simple little... Are you kidding? This is the social event of the year. The entire upper crust of the city is going to be there. Plus one. Plus one, Sprightly? That entire bunch. And me. <laughs> hey... Maybe I'll get lucky and meet a nice, generous millionaire who just might want to be my future husband. That's not why we were invited, Sprightly. I know, but this girl has a right to dream, don't I? Yes, but... Oh, never mind. There's our cab. Where to, miss? West Park Manor, please. Okay, we're on our way. <sighs> up, up, and away. At last. Well, speaking of future husbands, it looks like Alfreda Van Argyle finally got her man. Yeah, by this time tomorrow night, she'll be Mrs. Private First Class Robert Wilson. I never thought she'd make it happen. Nope. Her daddy definitely didn't favor the relationship, let alone the engagement. No, and Wall Street doesn't call him last-ditch Van Argyle for nothing. But Alfreda is apparently a chip off the old block. She finally got her way. <sighs> yeah, and am I glad. You reckon they'll serve champagne, Annie? <laughs> oh, I'm sure of it. That's what I figured. Gosh... I can almost feel those bubbles in my nose right now. Miss Anne Rogers. Miss Sprightly Paul. Wow. What a joint! Annie, get a load of those drapes, and those paintings, and that crystal chandelier. It looks like something out of the Phantom of the Opera. Shh, Sprightly, here comes Mrs. Van Argyle. Oh, Miss Rogers! Miss Rogers! Oh, hello, Mrs. Van Argyle. How completely sweet of you to come. It's been ages since I've seen you. Where on earth have you been keeping yourself? Oh, my job keeps me very busy. I... You look simply divine, my dear. Whoever does your hair? Pierre Salon, it's... Mine is a perfect fright. I look absolutely wretched now that the styles have changed and it's being worn downward. Not at all, Mrs. Van Argyle. I think you look perfectly fine. You know my husband, of course. Claude! This is Miss Anne Rogers. She's that simply marvelous columnist who exposes all those murderers and gangsters and Nazi agents and everything. Oh, it's so clever of you, my dear. I simply don't know how you do it. Hello, Miss Rogers. It's nice to meet you. 
It's very nice to meet you, too, Mr. Van Argyle. And Alfreda! Alfreda! Please do meet your guests. I declare these modern girls have no manners at all. Just stand there like sticks, never say a word. <laughs> I've met Miss Rogers' mother, and how anyone can get a word in edgewise. Now, dear, don't monopolize the conversation. And this is Alfreda's young man, Robert Wilson. He's a colonel in the army. Isn't it divine? He just got a promotion last week. Not a colonel, Mrs. Van Argyle. Corporal. How do you do, Miss Rogers? How are you, Corporal? I hope you and Alfreda will be very happy. And this is Miss Rogers' friend, Miss, uh, Miss Puddle, isn't it? Poole, Mrs. Van Argyle. Puddle. Oh, of course, how silly of me, Miss Poodle, of course. <laughs> now, everyone, I won't detain you a minute longer. You youngsters run along and enjoy yourselves. The gifts are on display in the East Drawing Room, if you'd like to look at them. They're simply beautiful, and I adore yours, Miss Roger. Oh, I love flat silver. Yes, your vase is lovely, Miss Rogers. Old China is so pretty. I'm so glad you like it. And there are refreshments in the buffet and dancing, of course. And in a little while, that's simply divine mind reader. What is his name, Claude? Dr. Arthur Lorenz from the Temple of Exotic Mysteries. Really? No wonder I can never remember it. Well, anyhow, later on, Dr. What's-His-Name is going to demonstrate his simply marvelous mind reading and... <clears throat> um, Edith, perhaps we'd better excuse ourselves now? Excuse ourselves? Why? We haven't done anything. Oh, I see what you mean. I suppose we should join our other guests. You'll excuse me, won't you? Of course. With pleasure. I'll see you both later. Have a good time. Bye-bye, Miss Rogers, Miss Puddle. Poodle? No, I mean... Now she's got me doing it. With my own name. Oh, what's the use? I would like to see the gifts. If you don't mind, Alfreda. Of course not. Please do. Uh, would you like Bob and me to come along? Oh, please don't bother. We'll see you in a little while. Come along, Sprightly. Enjoy yourselves. See you later. Well, Sprightly, what do you think of Mrs. Van Argyle? Phew. she always like that? Oh, no. Sometimes she's actually talkative. Talkative? Are you... <laughs> oh, well, it takes all kinds. He's nice, though. Claude Van Argyle? Yes, very pleasant. Never saw a big man who wasn't. And he's a big one, isn't he? Towering. Yeah. Why, he's even taller than Bob Wilson. And he must be at least six foot. Well, here we are. <gasps> hey, look! They must be giving out prizes to the guests. No, darling. Those are the wedding gifts. What? You mean Alfreda and Bob collect all this loot just for getting married? Mm-hmm. All this and the wedding, too. Oh, my Lord. No wonder they say two can live as cheaply as one. Look at that silver tea set and those jade figurines and... Wow. Look, Annie. Those diamonds. They make the Rock of Gibraltar look like a pebble. Those, my pet, are the famous Van Argyle diamonds. That's the Imperial Pendant. The Central Stone alone is worth a cool half million. Cool? Sugar, when you mention that much cash, I run a temperature. I wonder what it would feel like just to... Just a minute, sister. Huh? Where did you come from? Never mind that. Just don't touch nothing. 
Now, see here. <clears throat> Sprightly, you'd better do as the gentleman suggests. I believe he's a detective. Oh, yeah? Now, how'd you happen to know that, sister? Oh, I just looked at your shoes. And, of course, that rented tuxedo isn't very comfortable, is it? Now, that's the God's truth. This boiled shirt is just about to... Uh, hey! Wait a minute. Are you trying to kid me? No, of course not. We just came in to look at the gifts. We're invited guests. Oh, yeah? Well, that don't out no ice. I've seen a lot of invited guests looking at these things. Pretty hungry-eyed. One guy in particular. He sneaked in here two or three times. Looked like he was planning to do... Really? You suspect one of the guests? Yeah. Young guy in an army uniform. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny? You are. That's the groom. What? You mean... Hey, somebody give me a hand getting this delivery through the door, will ya? It weighs a ton. Why, it's a clock. A grandfather clock. Wait a minute. I can help. Now where do we put this thing? A wedding gift? Oh, just set it over there in the corner. I'll tell Mrs. Van Argyle. By the way, who's it from? It says on the card, lady. Card? Oh, yes. Here it is. Hmm, how odd. Huh? What's odd, Annie? This gift. It's from Dr. Arthur Lawrence. Well? Doesn't it strike you as strange that this so-called mind reader, a paid entertainer, would send such an expensive wedding gift to someone he barely knows? Well, I guess it is a little peculiar. Very. But I suppose it's none of our business. Oh, well. Should we rejoin the party? Yeah. Let's get out of this room and fast. I feel like I'm in a store where everything costs a million dollars, but I've only got two bucks in my purse. Right. Oh, there, Sprightly. Hey, what are you doing over here in the corner? Who, me? Oh, nothing. Just brushing away wolves in cheap clothing. <laughs> Hello again, Corporal. Well, thanks for the dance, Miss Rogers. You're a marvelous dancer. Why, thank you, Corporal. And you are, too. Even in these army shoes? That really is a compliment. But, um, I guess I'd better... Why don't you run along now and look for Alfreda? I'm sure she's wondering. Well, if you don't mind. But I promise to be back for a dance with Sprightly. I'll be waiting. <laughs> that is one nice boy. Awfully nice. Well, who said he wasn't? 
Oh, nobody, in so many words. But he's been taken through the gristmill tonight. I feel sorry for him. The upper crust of the city giving him the icy stare with lidless eyes. So he didn't come out of the top drawer? Bob Wilson? No, he's just a nice kid who happened to meet a rich man's daughter. Then one thing led to another, and they fell in love. Ugh. What's the matter, Sprightly? Head for shelter. Here comes the cyclone. Miss Rogers! Miss Rogers! Oh, it's so nice to see you again. Are you having a good time? And you, Miss, uh, Waters? Your name is Waters, isn't it? No. River. My father was old man River. Really? Oh, sweet. Oh, Miss Rogers, isn't it just thrilling to think that my little girl's getting married tomorrow? I can hardly believe it. Oh, it seems like only yesterday that Claude and I took our vows, and now our baby is getting married. Oh, it's just so touching. Begging your pardon, ma'am, but it's the delivery gentleman again. The delivery man? There must be some mistake, Herbert. Tell him we don't want any. He's come for the clock, ma'am. He says he brought the wrong one by accident. Clock? Oh, the grandfather's clock. Well, by all means, let him have it. Wait, I'll tell him myself. Come on, Sprightly. This ought to be good. <laughs> Let's watch. I'm sorry to be a bother, lady, but I brung the wrong clock. I gotta take this one back. I'll bring the right one in the morning. Oh, that's perfectly all right. But isn't it too heavy for you all by yourself? Herbert? No, that's all right, ma'am. Once I get it onto my shoulders, like this. Open the door for him, Herbert. My, what a strange time of night to be carrying a grandfather's clock around. Yes, isn't it? Have you seen the gifts? Oh, yes. We saw them a little while ago. So lovely, don't you think? These candlesticks are from Alfreda's uncle, the tea service is from Claude's partner, and the others are from friends and family. And of course, we're giving her the imperial pendant. I always told her she could have it as a wedding gift. <gasps> oh, no! What's wrong, Mrs. Van Argyle? Yes, what's the matter? Where's the detective? Where's Claude? Oh, Claude! Alfreda! Mrs. Van Argyle, please tell me, what's the matter? Matter? Matter enough? Look at the table! Our diamonds! The Imperial Pendant! Gone! It's been stolen! We will return to Hot Copy in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. From Marky Wet's Audio Works comes a suspenseful tale of murder and redemption. Many years ago, I killed a man. His name was Fortunato. Based on the 1846 short story by Edgar Allan Poe. I am to take my leave for a previous engagement. I have received a pipe of what passes for Amontillado. And, well, I have my doubts. Let us go. Whither? Why to your vaults? <laughs> How long have you had that cough? Oh, it is nothing. Proceed. Herein is the Amontillado. Come now, release me from these chains and... Stop that infernal racket! You have no idea the pain you have caused me. In pace requiescent. 
The Cask of Amontillado. Available now. And now, back to Hot Copy. On the eve of the wedding of debutante Alfreda Van Argyle, the world-famous Imperial Pendant, a fabulously valuable diamond necklace, has mysteriously disappeared from a closely guarded room. Its loss has just been discovered. Gone! Stolen! It was right here on the table! Oh, I knew I shouldn't have let you put it on display, Claude! Now, Edith, please, let's not make a scene. There must be some mistake. No one could have stolen the pendant. It must have fallen on the floor or something. Anne, that's nonsense. Diamonds don't grow legs and jump out of their cases. Yes, I know. And there's been a hundred people in and out of the room tonight. But that private dick was here watching. Yes, that's right. But I wonder if... Ladies and gentlemen, I deeply regret this unpleasantness. <clears throat> if you don't mind, I'd like to be alone with the members of my family for a few moments. And, in the meantime, please take some food from the buffet and a drink from the bar and enjoy yourselves. I beg of you. Um, Claude? Yes, Wilkins? I, um, appreciate your reluctance to bring this matter up. But I think I speak for all of us in suggesting that no one should leave until this awkward situation has been cleared up. Yes, that's right. Good idea. Absolutely. Quite right, Mr. Wilkins. Well, thanks, everyone. We will do as you have requested. I don't wish for any of my friends to feel under suspicion in the slightest. What a nice old man. Yes, isn't he? Well, I guess that's our cue to go into the other room. Oh, hello, Mrs. Van Argyle. I'm terribly sorry about what's happened. I do hope you'll find the... No, Miss Rogers, please, don't go. Please stay and help us. Claude, you do want Miss Rogers to stay, don't you? She's so clever in solving these kind of things. But really, Edith, such an imposition? Oh, no, Mr. Van Argyle. I'll be glad to help in any way possible. Well, thank you. But, frankly, I don't know where to begin. If you don't mind, I think the first thing to do is ask Mr. Howard if he saw anything unusual. No, I didn't, Miss Rogers. And that's the gospel truth. But I didn't let nobody touch that necklace. I can vouch for that. Now, on the other hand, like I told you before, there was lots of people here, wandering in and out all evening. When was the last time you actually saw the pendant, Mr. Howard? Well, miss, that's hard to say. I wasn't exactly what you might call looking at it specific-like. I was keeping an eye on the people, more than the uh, necklace itself. Then perhaps you can remember who the last person to view the gifts was. If we knew that, he, or she, might be able to tell us if it was in its place at the time? Well, now, let me think. I'd say... No, I'm sure it was the corporal here. He was in there, looking at it. You, Bob? But 
Why on earth? Well, I... I don't really remember. I did drop in, I recall, but... You was in several times. Was I? Yes. I suppose I was. But why, Robert? I don't understand why you would... That is, unless... Unless? Hmm? Oh, nothing. Nothing at all, dear. But you were going to say something. You were going to say, unless... Dr. Arthur Lorenz. Who? Oh, Herbert, tell him we're busy. No! Herbert, show him in! Claude, he's a mind reader. Maybe he can help us find out. Oh, Mother, that's crazy talk. Yes, Edith, it's ridiculous. He's just an entertainer. He can't really... Mr. Van Argyle, good evening. And my dear Mrs. Van Argyle, how charming you look. Oh, thank you, Doctor. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. I am so sorry to be late, but I was detained. However, I am ready to perform for you whenever you wish me to. I'm afraid the performance is off for tonight, Dr. Lorenz. Off? You mean... An unfortunate incident. It seems our wedding gift to our daughter has been... has disappeared. The Imperial Pendant. Gee, Annie, look at him. He's a munchkin. No, just very short. Maybe five feet tall? A pine-sized man, if ever I saw one. The Imperial Pendant. No, how awful. Do you have any idea who... No, Dr. Lawrence. That's why we asked you to come in. We thought that with your simply marvelous ability to read minds, you might be able to find out... Well, of course, dear lady, I could try. But under the circumstances, with so much confusion and excitement, it, it upsets the vibrations. What you mean is, if it ain't cooked up in advance, you can't read minds no better than the trained flea. My dear sir... Now, gentlemen, please... The situation is annoying enough without making it worse. <clears throat> so, Mr. Howard, let's return to our previous topic of conversation. You say that Robert here was the last person to be in this room before Mrs. Van Argyle discovered... Yes, sir. The last I seen. Last you saw Mr. Howard? What do you mean? Were you out of the room? Well, uh, just for a second or two. But Mr. Van Argyle himself was here while I was out. Yes, that's true. I did relieve Mr. Howard for a few moments, but that was quite a while ago. Yeah, that's right. Before that delivery guy came back for the clock. And of course, the necklace was in its case while I was here. I noticed particularly... Robert, you're, uh, not playing some elaborate prank on us. I mean, of course, I always like a man who has a good sense of humor and all that, but under the circumstances... Prank? Great Scott, no. I hope you don't mean that you think I might have... Oh, no, of course not. I just, well, mentioned it in case... You see, after all, you were the last person to be near the diamond pendant, and it is a very valuable heirloom. Mr. Van Argyle, if there is any possible thought in your mind that I might have taken the necklace, even as a joke, please ask Mr. Howard or someone to search me. No! Robert, absolutely not. That would be simply too fantastical. 
Well, perhaps. Father! But if it would make Robert feel more comfortable, dear? After all, he is the only stranger in our midst, and of course, I know these little mistakes do occur, but there was that little affair back in his hometown some years ago that... That was jewelry, too, wasn't it, Robert? You mean... Oh, I know the jury cleared you, Robert. That's why I never mentioned it to Alfreda, but if you'd rather we did, um, ease your mind by searching you... Bob, what is he talking about? It... he... I never... that is... Look, it was just something dumb that happened when I was a kid, with some friends from the old neighborhood where I grew up. We thought it would be sort of fun. So a couple of us broke a window of a jewelry store and... You did, huh? And run off with some stuff? Well, now, that's interesting. Very interesting. Maybe it would be a good idea if I looked through your pockets, Corporal. Oh, no! Claude, don't let him! Oh, the disgrace of it! My daughter married to a common... Mother! Uh, do you want I should call the police, Mr. Van Argyle? After all, I'm just a private dick. No, please, Mr. Howard, perhaps we're leaping at conclusions. I think the best way to handle the situation is just to ask the corporal to leave. But the diamonds? I think my daughter's happiness is more important than diamonds. Mr. Van Argyle, if I might say something? Yes, of course, Miss Rogers. I think you were jumping at conclusions when you suggested what you did. You see, the corporal is not the only person who could have stolen the pendant. No? Then who? Well, several people. For example, Mr. Howard, for one. Huh? Me? Now, look here, miss. Mr. Howard, I believe you're the head of the Apex Detective Agency, aren't you? Why, why, yeah. That, that's right. You employ a number of assistants? Sure, I got to. Then isn't it a trifle unusual for you to work a case yourself? Well, no. I, I mean, yeah, but this this was such a big case. And with such valuable objects to be guarded that it might have proven well worth your while to pretend to be watching the display while actually you stole the necklace? Now, see here. I won't let you... No, of course not. But calm down, Mr. Howard. I'm not accusing you. I'm just trying to prove how easy it is to point the finger of suspicion at almost anyone and make the accusation stick. But, Annie, you said that there are several suspects. Yes, indeed I did. There is another particularly suspicious person here tonight, Dr. Arthur Lawrence. Me, Miss Rogers, I don't know what you are talking about. I did not set foot into this house until after the robbery. I had no idea. No? Hmm. I wonder. Doctor, perhaps you can explain why you sent Miss Van Argyle such an unusual wedding gift. A grandfather clock? Unusual? <laughs> why, I see nothing unusual about it. I was paid handsomely for the exhibition of mind-reading that I was scheduled to give tonight. I like to show my gratitude to good clients. The clock was a fitting gift. It was uh, attractive and uh, expensive. Yes, and also quite large. Large? Yes, 
large enough for a small man to hide in. And you are a very small man, Doctor. Hide in, but, but this is preposterous. By golly! I see what you mean, Miss Rogers. First, the delivery guy brung it in here. It was in this room while I was out. Then the guy came back and took it away. Dr. Lawrence would have just waited until the room was empty, then dotted out and snatched the pendant. No, no, I swear I didn't. You can't... Miss Rogers, I am very grateful to you for demonstrating how easy it is to accuse a person falsely. But unfortunately, I can explode both of your interesting explanations. You see, if Mr. Howard had stolen the necklace, it would still be in his possession, as he has not left the room since the time I had relieved him. And as for the wild idea of Dr. Lorenz concealing himself in the clock, I need only point out that either Mr. Howard or myself, or both of us, were in the room at all times. No one could have, as you suggest, darted from the clock without being seen. Yes, I suppose that's true. In fact, weighing all considerations, it becomes increasingly obvious that only one person could have removed the pendant. No! Father, no! Alfreda! Alfreda, my dear, I don't wish to embarrass you, but I do feel that until Robert can offer some explanation of the heavy, heavy evidence against him... Heavy? Heavy? Yes, of course! I beg your pardon, Miss Rogers? Oh, nothing. Just thinking out loud. Mr. Howard, there is one small thing I neglected to ask you earlier. Was it before or after the delivery man made his second visit that Corporal Wilson came and looked at the gifts? Well, Corporal came in several times. Yes, I realize that. But I mean the last time he was in. Well, that was just before the delivery man came back for the clock. Yes, I thought so. And that means he didn't set foot in this room again after Mr. Van Argyle relieved you for a few moments. Why, yeah, that's right. Miss Rogers, I'm afraid this is not very clear to me. Just what? You should know, Mr. Van Argyle. It was you who turned my thoughts in the right direction and toward a solution. Solution? You mean? You. You wanted very much to stop this marriage, didn't you? I'm sure I don't know what you mean. And I'm equally sure that you do. It was you who stole the Imperial Pendant, Mr. Van Argyle, for the sole purpose of breaking up Bob and Alfreda. Miss Rogers, this is preposterous. Even if I admit that I would prefer to see Alfreda marry someone more suitable to her station in life, I couldn't have made the necklace vanish into thin air. And a dozen witnesses can testify that I've been at this party since the moment it began. I know. That's what puzzled me. Until you gave me the clue. I gave you the clue? What clue? When you said, heavy, heavy, remember? There's an old children's game that begins with the line, heavy, heavy. What hangs over me? Fine or super fine. Yeah, I remember it. Somebody hangs something over your head and you have to guess. Exactly. If you'll just look over your head, Alfreda, at that crystal chandelier. But look closely. It conceals itself very nicely among the much less valuable crystal, especially in this light. The Imperial Pendant. Well, I'll be darned. Good gracious. How, how do you suppose they... Well, how strange that they should happen to be up there. Yeah, very strange. 
father, how could you? My boy, I trust that you will accept my apologies. Listen, you old hypocrite stuffed shirt. You put on a big act in here a few minutes ago. You had all these people believing that I was a snake in the grass and a sneak thief. All except Alfreda and Miss Rogers. And now you think that you can crawl out of it with a few kind words? No. What you need is a solid punch in the nose. Oh, come now. Come now. I... Yes. And that's just what you'd get. If you weren't thirty years older than me. And Alfreda's father. Now listen up, you old buzzard. Yes? If Alfreda still wants to have me, we're gonna have a nice, quiet wedding somewhere. Without all this fuss and feathers. So, Al, what do you say? I say, yes. Mm. <laughs> Mr. Howard... I think you'd better go out to the ballroom and tell the guests there's been a mistake that the diamonds have been found. And as for you, Miss Rogers, I'm curious. What made you think of the chandelier? Your height. You were the only man tall enough to hide the necklace there. Yeah. You needed to be a pretty tall man to get as low down as you decided to go. Thank you for tuning in to Hot Copy Radio Theater. We truly hope that you enjoyed our presentation of Heavy, Heavy, a lost episode of the radio audio drama Hot Copy, originally broadcast on Sunday, April 2nd, 1944. Our cast on this episode featured Rhonda Sigler Ware as Ann Rogers, Samantha Thompson as Sprightly Poole, Christian Newhouse as Claude Van Argyle, Chrissy Talon Sage as Mrs. Edith Van Argyle, Meadow Sarton as Alfreda Van Argyle, Jerry Kokich as Dr. Arthur Lawrence, and also the cab driver. Scott R. McKinley as Mr. Howard, the detective. Glenn Haskell as Mr. Wilkins. Peter McGiffin as Herbert, the butler. David Robbins as the delivery man. And, yours truly, Logan Smith as Corporal Robert Wilson and your announcer. The following voices were also heard on this episode. Dan Ware, Kelsey Olivieri, John R. Worsley, and Miss Kit Karen. This episode was adapted from the original script written by Nelson S. Bond. All sound effects are from freesound.org. Hot Copy Radio Theater is produced and edited under the direction of Jim Goodluck. Now, if you like this show, please take a moment of your time and go to Apple Podcasts, also known as iTunes, then give a five-star rating and review for Hot Copy Radio Theater. And, if your favorite streaming service carries this show and allows you to give a rating, please be sure to rate us on there also. Finally, if you would like to contact any of the voice actors from this episode, or if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions in regard to this show, please send an email to 
hotcopyradiotheater at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter as at hotcopyradio. In addition, we have a Facebook page where you can make comments and give feedback. We invite you to tune in again on the 10th of each month for another thrilling presentation of Hot Copy Radio Theater.